Hi, everyone. I'm back. It's Emily Schramm, your host of Meathead Hippie Podcast. I would first off love to hear from you as you guys are listening to it and you guys screenshot and you tag me. It's my favorite thing ever. But I would also love to know what Meathead Hippie means to you because I have seen so much of you repping it and I want to know what you think the definition of Meathead Hippie is. I always have kind of like this take of saying, well, it's like meathead. Like I really love bicep curls. Like I'm a total meathead in the gym and I'm a hippie. And that's really the best description I have. So I'd love your help if you guys are listening and you feel like you want to define meathead hippie in a sentence or less or a sentence or two, we need some new swag anyway. So we can do a little fun. Who describes meathead hippie best? And you guys are also meathead hippies if you're listening to this. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. I took a couple weeks off because I just needed to feel good about the things going on in my life and I don't I don't like forcing things. If you guys are up to date, you can always look at the stuff I'm up to. The easiest place to, is on my Instagram, Emily Schramm. I, of course, am loving this cooking show that we're doing and I'm loving all the things that are happening, but it's just a lot of stuff and sometimes I feel a little meh and tired and overwhelmed and I don't even know how I feel and um, when you're an entrepreneur or trying anything you know it's just a lot and I want you guys to know that this podcast is meant for those people feeling meh I was feeling meh when I walked in and feeling incredibly inspired when I walked out and that's exactly what I needed and wanted so I interviewed one of my good friends like seriously so grateful that he is also my video guy Blake from Gorilla Capturing And we've been working together for so long. It was just so fun to talk about a little bit of everything from feeling meh to him losing 20 pounds in the last two months to him kind of figuring out certain things for himself uh, to his positive outlook, the way he approaches things to drones and this new thing I learned about with drones that attack other drones. So it's a really fun podcast. I really think you're going to enjoy it. And I hope that if you're feeling meh, just know that you're not alone and it's okay. And all is well. And I hope this brightens you up a little bit. I'll be back next week with another Meathead Hippie. And for now, just enjoy the show. (laughs) If my headphones are any indication, I'd say the audio is stellar. I think we are in a prime location. I'm drinking LaCroix. Cheers. Cheers to the bubbles. Um, Blake, welcome to the show. Welcome to Meathead Hippie. And we're at this beautiful new studio, House, House of Pod. Oh, shit. I gotta shut the door. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Wait, so, it, I mean, come on. If this is a live show, I mean, oh, maybe, this is such a shit maybe that's good. Oh, God. Such a beautiful shit show. Let me just make sure I have my pen. Okay. Blake. Should I be taking notes? No, no, no. I have a few already, but. You have notes? Yeah. You can't hear me typing, can you? No. no, no I no. wasn't typing. Um, let me just make sure I have my pen. Um, you, uh, I'm just like having a hard time struggling with when I want to like actually push record on this because I feel like a total complete shit show. I have this thing with a pen. Like what is the pen that you like? The pen that is your pen. Honestly, those uniballs, you can buy like a 30-pack or something at Costco, and they work. 
100% of the time, 99% of the time. Uh, you know, my pens, I found it. Boom. I can stop rummaging and we can party. This is the pen, Pilot G2 10. And I actually tried to get the Pilot G2, but it was a 7. And it's not the same. Blue ink, Pilot G2. If I have this in my hand, I literally can do anything. I'll believe it. It <laughs> feels so good. I don't know if people have pens, but I, I really appreciate good pens. I think that that's like, if you don't like journaling, it's because your pen sucks. That's how I feel. My journal is like a tube sock and a banana peel. I don't think I get that. Yeah, me neither, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, tried. Um, I tried. I'm, I'm so glad you're on the show, Blake. You and I have known each other for longer than I've known anybody pretty much in Denver. You were a Cap Logistics I ICOSA employee, and that was one of my first clients, like corporate clients that I ever had as a personal trainer. And you just like went all in. Every workout was amazing, and I loved you, and you were so fun to train. And then you started your own business, and I was filming currently on my iPad, literally to the point where Griff knew when I would put the iPad up and hit record, he knew it was time to come over and swat the iPad down. And I would just keep rolling. <laughs> I just didn't even, edit. I didn't even know how to edit. <laughs> You've had me for six years and Griff still definitely knows. I mean, it's only been six years. I, it, I mean, I'm thinking six years is a lot, but yeah, you're right. Six years I, is you're long. right. I think it has been longer now. We're close to seven. Crazy. It is crazy. Um, how's your day been? Pretty wild. Uh, my best friend slash only employee, Matt, has been out of town in Alaska visiting the love of his life for the last two weeks, and I was living a different life for the last couple of weeks, <laughs> editing everything that I shoot, and you know what? It was actually great. It was kind of a throwback. It was Didn't a throwback. Didn't much, but... Doesn't it make you appreciate how far you've come and like the people you have on your team when you... I mean, this this is the thing. We forget... How far we've come, period. We do not know how to celebrate shit. I just came back from, so I was, I picked you up. We were at, before this, I was at a talk called Visible. They're a corporation here in Denver, nationwide, but they're awesome. Did a little lunch and learn, talking about kind of my life and my story and trying to be inspiring. I hope I did it. I'm not sure, but it was crazy because they were like, well, what do you, what do you do when someone wants to like, be better and they don't feel like they're being successful. I'm like, well, my biggest work is actually noticing that I'm actually making progress. We're too busy doing things that we don't notice when we actually have prog any progress whatsoever. Would you agree with that? I absolutely do. I had some time to reflect also on the way over, like thinking of the literally hundreds of topics we could talk about, but that's sort of one of the ones like I really just truly appreciate our friendship and relationship and business has this is gone. And from the time of me going back out on my own was like a big part of that was that I was doing your stuff and that not only like helped make it possible, but also helped blossom this whole other relationship where we could have these days and everything's freaking awesome. Drink bubbles and podcast. I know everything is awesome. So I have a question for you. We were talking about this. So you film my cooking show and I really love my cooking show. <laughs> I just love it so much. I like, that's the thing. It's like, sometimes it's so hard to remember. You're just like doing it, that things 
you're like, wow, I really love doing this. What is that thing for you? Honestly, it might be like, it might be the cooking show. Like these little things, like I do so much corporate stuff and different uh, things for people all the time. And it's, it's great. And I love it. And I love doing what I do. But when we get to go do the cooking show and show, it's literally just one take. We show up, you, we don't necessarily have a plan every time. <laughs> no, we don't. But I can guarantee 100% of the time you're going to make something awesome that people want to see. And <laughs> not everybody wants to see all my other work. So that kind of is a really good feeling. Oh, I love that. Well, you're really good. You So you, just like to pull it all in, you've done both of my Kickstarter videos, which I got to talk about at this talk of kind of this evolution of saying I am in fitness and I am a trainer and it's like sell, sell, sell my face, face, face. Like I'm sick of selling my face subconsciously. I swear that the, the world was like, you are going to die if you don't have products to put your soul into because it's too superficial of a world that we live in. And I just, I could feel it start to get to me. And I don't know when I realized that this was a replacement for my face, but products that was like, the obsession that I had, like impact and tease and those things, because it allowed me to take a step back and not be so, you know, like, ah, MLA. You know, and I think that that's what's so cool is like you made that happen with my Kickstarters. I wouldn't, I guarantee if those videos weren't the way they were, it wouldn't have gotten funded. Well, I think that's very interesting because those are two the two Kickstarter videos are two out of literally, I think somewhere between 1500 and 2000 videos we've done together yeah. that are scripted videos. And that's not necessarily what I love to do, but you know what? It was different. Uh, so that's whatever percentage out of two out of 1500 is like 99.9, whatever. I think, I mean, I'm actually good at math and that's probably way <laughs> off. But <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. That actually turned out so good because we yeah, had really a plan did. We could stick to it. We could go film the things we wanted. And we we had so much fun doing those. It was, it was kind of a nice little change up to be like, all right, well, this is what I think pe most people don't understand. You literally, every time we hit record, you just like, unlike anybody on this planet, you turn into something and it can, you can literally make a 10 minute video without a single note, a single script, anything. It's just you. And I think that's part of what makes it so awesome. <laughs> but for like a Kickstarter video, we're going to talk about these awesome backpacks. We should probably like oh, plan some have shit. a little voiceover <laughs> and plan some shit. Right. Yep. My first radio show, I was seven. I got picked. I was still kind of in the, the culty cult. Um, but I got picked by these firefighters, me and my best friend, Jordan, to do the voiceover and I remember it to this day it was like Emily Emily what are you gonna do on Saturday and I was like I'm gonna go to the fire department I just remember being so nervous and then I was seven years old and I was like this is the coolest thing ever and that, that's what I think I feel like the reminiscent like house of pod this really feels like a legit radio room oh I mean there isn't a more legitimate one in the town of D-E-N-V-E-R <laughs> So we were talking about this the last cooking show we were filming. It was like, okay, what happens when everything is like on paper going well and you know you should be in a better mood, but you're just fucking not. And I feel like that's something that 
like September, I was so stressed out. I had so much going on. I hated who I was because I hate being stressed. And I actually handled it pretty well. Like I didn't become a terrible monster person to the people in my life. So I felt really good about that. But I also was like, October, I should be like, the weight is off my shoulders and everything's good. And how many times we feel that and it just still is like, God, it's just kind of hard. It's just, I feel like, meh. Yeah, we we all go through like those phases. I don't know if it really is as lunar as everyone would say, but the chances of us both being on the same page, like mood wise, when we show up to film something, which is damn near every single week or multiple times a week, Mm -hmm. that's impossible, right? Yeah. Like the amount of times you've brought me up into the mood I thought I should be in or vice versa, hopefully. Yes. Like maybe relying on these other people that are in good things and, you know, riding the coattails of people in good spirits is kind of does go a long way. Well, it's just, God, it makes so much sense because we are tribal. We need community. So I think maybe I forget that sometimes that it's okay to not be in a good mood when I work by myself all the time. I really don't like working by myself. Like I genuinely like working by myself. The idea of like, yes, this, 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 but I, the execution of it, I don't know if I really enjoy. Does that make sense? Like that's the, it, and then maybe some days I do and some days I don't, but I think that that's, what's really hard is like, what, when do you need to be surrounded by people? And when do you never want to never see somebody? And some people don't even have that option. And I'm fully aware that 98% of the population doesn't have that option. We are in such unusual situations where we spend more time with ourselves than anybody else. Yeah, that's that's a heavy one for me because I obviously I have a three-year-old kid and a wife and then a business to run. And so they're always intertwined. And mm-hmm. there's always someone counting on me more than I am which was probably the hardest part at first, like learning to take care of myself was difficult. And then learning how to like not only take care of myself, but take care of all these other people I love and respect and want to be able to look up to me. That's kind of, that's kind of hard, but I know that for sure you're going through that times 10 than what I am. Well, tell me about taking care of yourself in a way because you work in a digital world. So this has always fascinated me because you have to sit at a screen and you also like carry a camera and you're holding a lot of load and your body takes it. I noticed this when I was on real world, even reality TV, right? You have somebody holding on one side. It's like holding a baby for nine hours a day on your right shoulder and what that does with imbalances in your body. And I just am curious because it's like, it's hard. Like it's not just, it's physical labor, even sitting in front of a screen like your eyes get tired and it affects your sleep. Like what are some ways that you've been able to like take better care or like be a little bit more conscious of the workload? Another ridiculously good question because I've thought about a lot about that, especially in the last two months. Um, I've always been really good at that physical part, you know, like I can take care of that. I've always been an athlete. I play a lot of sports. I'm constantly active. I'm constantly carrying the camera. I'm constantly going to shoots. I'm constantly hiking. I play basketball, baseball, softball, flag football, like everything you could everything. possibly do. And so at first it's like, you know, it just makes sense. Like they all complement each other. But then you have these long streaks of having 
shoots up at Red Rocks every night, and then you have to take care of the freelance stuff. You need to take care of the business stuff. You got to take care of the kid, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, how do, at 36 years old do you take care of all of it at one time? It's like, I was never really good at the eating part. Like, yeah. you know, I eat sparingly. Like, I would come home from Red Rocks and eat Taco Bell. Even after making a thousand videos Don't for you. Don't your, tell me it. I don't know. And all right, I, I've never been able to really tell you that until right now, which <laughs> is great. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but I will tell you that the last two months, I literally, all of these videos, all the everything, every single thing just added up. And finally, in my subconscious, was part of my conscious energy to like mm. literally eat well. So I had like this whole suitcase of shit that I could have. Like, finally, I know what good fats are not to be killing myself mm. with like all these extra sugars, which I did. <laughs> I am literally on working on my second month now of just eating like M's clean diet. First uh, of all, I lost 20 pounds in the first 20 days. Up. Like this is amazing. And I know I'm like, this isn't the first time I'm hearing this. Like every time I see you, I'm like, holy shit, it is changing. But it's also like, okay, this is a great question because maybe there's a listener that's like, yeah, I'm hearing Emily and I, I'm a meathead hippie and whatever, but I can't cut sugar and I don't know if I can do what she does and blah, 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 blah. Maybe they've seen all the videos and th this is so relevant. So what, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint maybe, but two months ago, what happened? What, what made that switch? Well, and I, I don't know. I don't think of myself as too much of a dumbass and it's not like I was like, Hey, no. I don't understand all this crap, which I kind of do. You but at the same do. time, I was like, I have so much crap to worry about. Like, I don't want to worry about my next meal. And then I, I had this lump on the back of my neck. Me, my wife, were both kind of scared about it. Wow. And I went to the doctor. And, you know, what's the first thing a doctor does when you go to the office? Terrifies you? Well, they weigh you. <laughs> and I was 197 pounds. First time in my life, I was like, I'm almost 200 pounds. Like, I always thought I was 180 pounds. Like, whoa, I'm 17 pounds heavier than that. Like, this is ridiculous, and it's gonna stop. Wait a second. Every video I've ever done, which at this point, I had to have watched more of your content than anybody, including yourself, <laughs> because true. if I film it and I edit it, I don't and even then watch, watch it, it, Blake. I just can't watch it. It would literally be thousands upon thousands of minutes of video, which... <laughs> It all comes from you, so you don't have to watch it. But literally, I watch it because, you know, I edit it. I do Yeah, whatever. you make it look beautiful. Um, it really all just started to stick. And it was like, all right, I can choose to eat this or this. And now I just know the difference. Eat this or don't eat this is pretty freaking easy. Yeah. Much easier than I ever knew. What, what was the challenging point? Like, was it week one? Was there any days that you were like, what, like, what was the hardest part? When you made your decision, you were just in. I still remember very vividly. It's the first two days are by far the hardest mm. out of anything. After that, super easy. Like day three, you just get into that zone, and it's like literally like it's not even a second thought. And by the third day, everyone else like around you in your life knows, and so they're kind of like they rooting up. for you. Yes, they sharpen up, and this is where I see people. This is so good because I've seen this go two ways. Either the people in your life, they root for you or they make you feel like shit. So like you'll go into an office and they're like, really, yeah. you're going to bring that in? 
Like, this is too good for you. And I see this over and over and over again. And I'm like, this is the point where you have to decide, yes, that I am too good for that. Like, you literally have to be like, fuck everybody, because it it's so good. Oh, I love that. Do you know what your tendency is, your four, the Gretchen Rubin four tendencies? So there's Rebel. I've only talked about it on my online program, so I don't think you would have seen. We didn't film anything about it. So there's four tendencies from Gretchen Rubin. You can be a rebel. You can be an obliger, an upholder, or a questioner. And I talked about it in my Just the Facts Challenge. And I think that this is really powerful for people because for some people, if they have rules, even if they put the rules on themselves, all they want to do is rebel against it. And that is me. <laughs> Believe it or not, that is me. I'm a rebel. I don't want rules. I don't want restrictions. I'm like really crazy about like, if you tell me to do something, I will do the complete opposite. The questioner, so I'm going to try to figure you out. The questioner is I have to know the why. So that could have been you because you had some whys in your back pocket. You were just not quite listening to them. So like, eh, I know I should do that, but like why? And then you're like, okay, I'll prove it to you. Give me a couple days. Mm-hmm. The upholder is, um, the, you know, the five, the gold star student. They're just like, yes, I uphold all expectations for myself and for others. And the obliger is somebody that does really well with the challenges and accountability and having a p- workout partner and having the point system and basically like so great for MFIT challenge, like perfect for it because it's like you have a buddy, you have a point system Let's just get the plan in place, and then you stick with it. Which one speaks to you? I mean, just off the top of my head, and I've never heard anything about this before, I am the epitome of middle child. So I would tell you, in my own head, I'm 25% each one of those things. What? And I know for certain, according to other people's view, I might be a little bit more one way or the other, but I'm such like a mixture and try to see everyone's perspective in every single situation Mm -hmm. that I know I'm a mixture and I will not label myself that way. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a rebel. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe I do lean rebel, but I would call it 27% because that's the best number. (laughs) That's great. I, if anyone wants to take this quiz, it's five minutes. I sent it for my just the facts challengers, but it's, um, Gretchen Rubin, just Google f- the four tendencies. And it's so good. It's so quick and easy. And it's just such a relief to be like, I am a rebel. And you mentioned, so this journal, oops, <laughs> this journal. This Love is, it. Th- I hated journaling. This is where it comes down to like this, all it, all life is, is understanding yourself. I, for the longest time, I write poems. I write poetry. I love to express myself via abstract ways versus verbally because I'm not very good at saying, hey, this is how I feel. I'm really terrible at it, actually. (laughs) Uh, You might be better than you think, but... I think I've worked on it a lot, like a lot, a lot. There was a lot of therapy that went into that. (laughs) Fair enough. For me, when I was a kid, I just didn't talk to anybody about anything. Like, I was pretty mute. I I actually, that's actually sort of probably the way I am now. Yeah. You just, you know, you hold things in and you deal with it yourself and, and I get that. But what's interesting is like, I knew that I loved to write about things, but I, 
would get a journal and then I would get another journal and then I would get another journal. And these journals, like they were just impulse buys where I was like, I'm going to be the journaler. I'm going to do a daily diary. I'm going to write three things I'm grateful for. <laughs> you know, all the things like I'm going to do it. Guess what happened? I did it for two days and fuck that. I'm not going to do it anymore because I did not want it. And then finally, I found this beautiful notebook. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with this notebook. Like, I so can this see you is, feeling it. <laughs> yes, I get 10 of them at a time on Amazon. They're called the Samut Notes. But I, I, don't even, I don't even want to say it because I'm like, what if they never make them again? I don't, I'm not sure how many there are. But S-A-M-U-T Note. It's a very specific, specific size because somebody on my Facebook group sent me one. And it was a, the wrong size, but it's still precious and adorable. Thank you, Laura. And then <laughs> when we look at this, it's like, okay, I see this. This notebook speaks to me. Like I literally, with this pen and this notebook, I have written 15 journals, and that is my book. I took 15 of these journals, and I tapped them with Post-it notes, and that's the book I wrote. I'm constantly amazed by, like, we're, we can always, like, get together and talk, and we're generally on the same page with crap but some like and i feel like it's more often than not there'd be something you've thought about and maybe something i've thought about and we've never discussed it we had the exact same thoughts at the same time and we get together and it's like oh yeah totally just thought that this last week too since last time i saw you like yep. how have that just come out of the blue i don't can you possibly answer that question <laughs> no i can't i will say that the, there's everyone in my life it's in everyone in everyone's life. It is completely 100% intentional. Unless you're holding on to somebody that should have been let go of, probably a long time ago, but whatever. You are surrounded by the people in your life who get you in ways that you will never be able to explain. And I think the best explanation is either one, it's kind of the soul flame analogy. So if you look up soul flame, soul flame or twin flame, where like people are very energetically on the same page, you go through the same thing, but at different in different circumstances, but at the same time. So I'm going through like very big. So Bradford and I are very much on the same wavelength all the time because we have the same exact numerology uh, and it's it gets crazy. You can find out your numerology if you look in to like your date of birth and where you were born, you'll get the series of numbers. And Bradford and I are the exact same number. So we, it, and so every time we're like, wow, everything's amazing. It's both of us. Everything's amazing. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. And so I think people, you're gravitating towards people that you either one on the f negative side are drawn to because it's something you're lacking or two, you're drawn to because it's something you admire. And that's for us. I think we both just nat naturally were like, yeah, this is a great fit. And it's worked so well because we don't have to explain to each other very much. And that's where I think relationships and communication, that's where it gets so hard is it's explanation. And it's hard when you have to explain consistently. So that's my opinion about that. Uh, you constantly blow my mind because... I've never been conscious of really what you just said. And I'm already like weeding through the people in my life. Like it feels that some way. Some people maybe got to go and maybe some people I got to see a little more. Like, oh my right? God. You know, those people you see, you're that person for me. If I see you, I am going to have a good day. And that's what's so cool is like, those are the people you got to be constantly 
checking in on. And I think I'm just so lucky because I wouldn't be doing it. I'm too busy. I'm too, you know, I'm like, I got to get this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's like, how lucky am I that the people that I work with fulfill something for me that I need in order to ultimately like survive. Like, I don't think that people realize how needed humans are. Like the energy exchange is so important. And when you are in an industry or in a environment that the energy exchange is draining, 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 like, holy shit, that person that fulfills is like a breath of fresh air. Again, just makes so much sense. Like, oh, can I tell them the eagle story? Yeah, constantly blowing my mind. But yes, please do. So the eagle. Remember the eagle story about the book. Writing. Yeah. Okay. Yes. (laughs) So okay. So Blake is an eagle, and we saw an eagle at the retreat. So all my retreat people, hello, hello. This was so fun because I was like, "There's Blake (laughs) in the sky," (laughs) Um, but the eagle is like, you know, obviously. And a spirit animal to definitely want to be like you want to be an eagle. I mean, you want to be a mouse or an eagle. Let's just throw I that mean, out. I mean, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's like so. I'll read it at the end, but it's a thousand percent you. And I it was so cool because I, after the retreat, I was having a pretty hard time energetically getting back. I just like felt really low. And I don't know why. I just think I felt like it was kind of the whole weight of September. Like I finally was able to be done with everything, but I couldn't enjoy the being done with everything. And I was just not sure what to do. And when I'm not sure what to do, I go to nature and I didn't know where to go. And I missed my turn 10 times and I had no idea where I was on the map. So I just kind of followed intuition and I found Highway 8, which is my number. I was like, oh, Highway 8, okay, turn, 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 this, this feels good, I'll turn here, I'll turn here, and pack, had a bunch of stuff, and I packed up, and I went, and I was like, I'm going to sit on that rock, and I sat on a rock with this beautiful lake, and it was nobody there, nobody was walking by, and it just felt like I found the perfect spot, and I was about ready, ready to give this huge speech the next day, so I wanted to kind of practice the speech, and like say it out loud, and like verbalize it, and visualize it, and then... I was like, holy shit, I need to finish my book. I there, you know, I have the book finished, but there's clearly this, I have this resistance. <laughs> there's like this serious resistance to chat this chapter. And I didn't like it. I just, I still, I just didn't like it. And so I was sitting there. I'm like, just do it. You feel good. Just do it. It was kind of like the day one and day two for you. I was like, okay, if I just sit here and do it, I'm going to feel inspired and I'm going to, it's going to come to me. And I, I sat there and I just started like nonstop writing. It like was just kind of coming through. It was about fruit bowls. There's this book in my, <laughs> this chapter in my book about fruit bowls. <laughs> it's just so weird. And the fruit bowl is like lemons and blackberries and raspberries. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this corgi runs up. I, I fucking love corgis. They're literally the perfect dog. They, you literally look at a corgi and you're happier. There's nothing wrong with corgis. Like, get, nobody can disagree with that. Especially fat corgis. <laughs> <laughs> They're so perfect. Very lovable. They are. And so this corgi, a very fit corgi, runs up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, hi, what's your name? And the owner, she was like, her name's Lemon. She, like, she she can't actually talk to you, Emily. 
her, she, her name was Lemon. She was a fruit. I was like, oh my God, I'm talking about fruit balls. This is perfect. Hello, Lemon. Welcome to my rock. And the lady was like, hey, what are you working on? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, well, there's this golden eagle flying around you. So whatever you're working on is really powerful. And I was like, oh, I'm working on my book. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't wait to tell you that because I was like, there's an eagle looking out. And it, the thing is, everyone has these moments. Everyone has these experiences. It is the ability to look up and be aware of them and notice them and acknowledge them. Nature wants to acknowledge you and you should in turn acknowledge nature. So when people get weird about like you see a sign and everything, I'm like, fuck yeah, I do, because that means they're going to keep coming. And what is happening is working. And that's my thoughts on. Oh, I'll just say, like, I had this big aha moment a while ago while you were talking about this. Like, I really didn't realize, like, a lot about whatever, you know, like I sit here, I have my own perspective. You have yours. Sometimes what you say doesn't hit me for years, like the freaking diet stuff or whatever, you know, <laughs> but I be long before you just said that last thing, I realized like what, like one of your biggest strengths is that you literally can seek these out. You, you realize stuff in the world. A lot, not a lot of people do your recognition mm. and just feeling like your gut feeling doesn't lie to you. And it's it it really doesn't, and that that's a big strong thing on why you've had the success you've had. Like your mm -hmm. gut is a strong being. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got my gut test back. So with the adrenal, or sorry, with the body awareness project, the gut, we we're gonna do adrenal Dutch testing, but we launched gut testing for stools. It it sounds so gross, but you basically test your poop. There's no way to sugarcoat that. <laughs> and I, I have some work to do. And I'm so excited because I'm like, if I got this perfect, what would happen? Because I feel very connected energetically to my instinct. That wasn't always the case, though. I mean, everyone is energetically in sync. And I actually wrote this in my one of my notebooks. It was like, the reason we do the work that sucks. The reason that we do, and I'm not saying meditation sucks, but it kind of am. Sometimes it does suck. Sometimes you don't want to do it. Like, yeah, if you don't like it, then just it flat out it sucks. Yeah, it's hard for me. The reason we meditate, the reason, and I'm going to make this, the reason I meditate, the reason that I make sure that I choose love over argument, or the reason that I sit down and chill out instead of just doing more emails the work that's the hardest thing for you to do, it allows it not to just be this and that, this and that, this and that, this and that. All of us are consumed by decision fatigue. There's not one person in this world that's not just tired of fucking making another decision. Being like, well, this or that, or what about this? I'll try this, or maybe I could do that, or maybe I could chat, or maybe that will work. We are surrounded by options, so all of us have decision fatigue. And so I wrote this down and I feel like this is so powerful for people to know that, that we don't do the work just to do the work. We do the work so that it is no longer this and that. It is just this, 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 this. 
That's what we all need to experience. We need to know that there is no that. There is only this. I, and you just did the perfect job of narrowing down exactly what I was trying to say earlier, like with your realization, like your decision making is impeccable. It's something that I've honestly like uh, been envious of at times, but entrepreneurship, running companies, being a leader, being a thought provoker, leader, whatever it is, like everything you are. Is you're so you're so run. generous. To it's me. completely run off decisions, though. That's that, all right. First of all, if you just take it all to the simplest thing, entrepreneurship, running a business, let alone five, a hundred percent of it can, if you could label it one thing, is decision making. I have a question for you. Please, if I took all the compliments you tell me and I flip it and I put it on to you, what would you do? You would get so uncomfortable. Maybe. You don't know how to take compliments, but you're so good at giving them. Do you know that? Um, I don't think I've necessarily been conscious of that, but <laughs> I would take that in lieu of the reverse. So yeah. I'm fine with that. Oh, because you don't want to be too like. Again, it's middle, middle yeah. child. Like, I don't uh, know. I've always looked at both angles of everything, which is actually quite annoying to some people at some times. And like, what's your sign again? I forget you're a. It's the age of Aquarius. <laughs> I think <clears throat> that's the only sign you have to sing. I mean, yes, it is. Oh, God, I don't know a ton about Aquarius except it's uh, my sister is an Aquarius and it's water, and you love to fish. Yeah, and I mean, well, if you want to talk about fishing, I'd, I'd love to. That was, <laughs> that was the fourth on my <laughs> list of our topics that we could possibly talk about. I was like, I mean, she's going to have me on so we can talk about okay, fishing. So I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually was talking to, um, I mean, th this wonderful lady who, her name's Kelly. Kelly and Matt, they own Upstairs Circus. And, oh my God, my brain went so many places, so I'm just going to go for it. Yes. So um, Upstairs Circus is in Denver, downtown. But they're also going to open up in Dallas. They have a location in Austin, and they have a um, location in Minneapolis. And they basically say, we love this arts and crafts world. Like, we want you to come in, and we want you to create something. But we also want you to drink and have a good time. So the gym went for an outing. So we went to this thing called Upstairs Circus, and I created this wallet. It's the most beautiful wallet. I have to show it to you. Wait, is this... A sixth or seventh company? Oh, no, no, no. This is straight up their company, but I just got to participate. Look how cool this wallet is. So this wallet, and I got a type, I literally created it. I sewed this whole thing myself. It's this like leather badass wallet. And you can put, you can imprint a thing. And so I put aiming on it because everything is aiming. And I wanted like, you know, a thick wallet. So you're like, yeah, let's aim for that. <laughs> So then I went to this, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but it really, two stories. Number one, a month ago, this wallet, which I love, was sitting next to my forerunner when I was pumping my tires. And I needed to get, like, I just got new tires from, for my 30th birthday. I, like, pimped my car out and got a lift and got these nice tires. And I was filling up the tires, and this wallet was sitting right next to a tire and all I was doing was trying to save time because there's only four minutes that you have to pump the tires mm -hmm. right you put in your card and you have four minutes so I'm running around and I'm screwing unscrewing the caps unscrewing the caps unscrewing the caps so I can be as efficient as possible 
And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and it's not like this is a busy area. This is like right up to a no. You were at Washington and I-70 at that Conoco? I was at the Park Avenue. Uh, at the Sev? At, yep. Sorry, I was just, I was like, if I guess it and it's right, you were like, close. oh my God. You were so close. You were one exit too far. Okay. This guy walked by super, super casually and he was so chill. It, he didn't look like he did anything, but my instinct, I literally knew. I knew he stole my fucking wallet. No way. I swear to God, it was the weirdest feeling that came over me. I've never had this experience in my life. And I said, hey, hey, you, you have my fucking wallet. And I don't, I don't even know who. It wasn't even my voice. You know when you have like really traumatic situations and you don't even know your voice? And he like looked at me and he goes, what? And I go, you have my wallet. And he's like, no, I don't. And I was like, yes, you fucking do. I screamed at the top of my lungs and he pulled it out of his pocket. He handed it to me. He goes, this? Oh, I just thought this was dropped off. I, I'm sorry. And I, he took my wallet a thousand percent. And I grabbed it and I was like, fuck you. And I took it and I, oh man, I was so fired up, but I was so grateful. And I wrote a poem about it. It's in my book. It's called Take It Back because I swear to God that so many times we're like so indecisive about our gut instinct. We're so unsure and we are always like second guessing or doubting or questioning. And if what, what would happen if we went with our instinct? We'd probably be told we're crazy, which I get told a lot. And we'd probably be told we're nuts, which I also get told a lot. But you know what? I got my wallet back. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I did, I never told you that story. That just happened. No. And well, first of all, everything's coming up Millhouse. And the more and more of these kind of things happen and you react to the way that you know you would consciously, things are going to turn out well or for the better. Yeah. But literally, the, so the reason I said that it happened at where I thought it in Washington and I-70, whatever. Because I was doing a shoot on Friday morning at sunrise, which literally happened to be two blocks from Regin, but I'm doing some commercial real estate drone 360s like I always do, whatever. <laughs> and I'm leaving, and while I'm pulling out of the construction site, just two random construction workers like, hey, 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 flag me down. Like, hey, your, your tire's flat. I'm like, oh, my God. I look, and there's a screw in there, and sure as shit, the thing is flat. So the closest place is that Conoco down at I-70 in Washington, because I'm right by your gym, obviously. Yeah. I go down there, and I had to find $1.50 in quarters, which is hard to find these days. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but instantly, this guy runs up. He's like, hey, man, can I piggyback off your air? And he needed some air for his bike tire, but you know what? I was like, Yes, you can. And I put the money in, and he grabs it. He goes, I'll just go first. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky. I'm the chillest person you'll ever meet because, like, how many people would, like, would not be okay with that aggressive me, dude? I, I worked until 4.30 in the morning this morning, and then I got up at 5.30 and went and filmed the sunrise. Like, how cheery do you think I am after getting a flat tire? <laughs> You know what? I've been in all these situations and I'm quite cheery, pal. Let's <laughs> but do I think it. what's crazy is like, had you not been that person, he wouldn't have done it. It's it, our energy that we walk around with. It's like a theme song. It's fucking Family Guy. It's so true. It's written on my face everywhere I go. And if these people could see us, which we're going to work on filming on your palm, palm, 
podcast, Palmcast. This isn't a Palm Pilot. Is it's it? like the, the we literally all have theme songs. Do you know what your theme song would be? Um, I don't have no. an answer to that. I mean, you have a walkout song. You play baseball. It's uh, exploitive, so I can't discuss <laughs> it. I haven't dropped the F-bomb enough <laughs> to clear that. Um, my walkout song would probably be, oh, this is so That's cool. That's so great. I want to know this so bad. Well, I think I'm going to disappoint because I just, uh, there's something about Missy Elliott that really, really does it for me. And it's her energy. It's her vibe. It's literally her like, if you work it, let me work it. Well, I'm not gonna lie, just as a dude, like I can feel it. Like I am, I'm not messing with that chick, like no matter what. I mean, there's like what what the walkout song's intention is. It would be Missy Elliott, and before I would do big lifts, and Wade knows this too. It's like you got to put on some Missy Elliott. That that that's the only way that Emily is gonna actually make this happen because I needed to like relax, I needed to dance, and then I could make the lift. Relax, don't do it. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the words. Anyway, I don't either. I know no pop culture references, as you know. I know. I was thinking this, like, Does leading this up to today, I was like, oh, I'm going to have so many movie quotes, but really, am I? Because that's uh, a bad idea because Emily doesn't know all I of know them. nothing. I Does this affect our friendship? Does it? I don't know. I think it affects every relationship I've ever had. Th- like, there's people that are like, we have nothing in common because I don't. It's true. Wait, that's not all you think we have in common, is it? Because obviously we don't have that in common. (laughs) We don't have that in common. (laughs) But I do think, like, part of me is trying to catch up on pop culture. And I just, I've, I need to. And I I need people, everyone listening, if there's some movie that I need to see, because I probably haven't seen it, or some documentary. Well, documentaries I'm good on. So what I'm doing is I'm starting out CNN has some great series of like the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. That's been really helpful. So like I really was like, wow, 70s, 80s, 90s and even the thousands like okay, I'm finally getting like a little bit more baptized, if you will, in pop culture because there's not a lot of documentaries that really help you explain like you have to live through things. You have to for example, we have Trump as our president. We, Who? as a <laughs> as a culture, he we all know Trump's our president, and the waves and the ebbs and the flows and the emotion and the the polarity it's intense. But to try to teach that in a history book in twenty years isn't going to be as effective. And that's what I really, really want to somehow change is like. And maybe it's not me, but I want to help people do it because it's like we have to change the way people are taught. There is nothing that a textbook set. Nobody learns by reading a book. Everyone learns like documentaries are effective for a reason. So why don't we apply that to things like bring emotion into things? And unfortunately, textbooks just don't do it. So if I read about something as helpful as it is to get the facts, I don't also know the emotional turbulence that happened during Nixon. So I'm catching up on a ton of Watergate documentaries and really trying to understand, well, who Nixon was and how he got here and what he was doing as a president in order to get to the point where Watergate actually happened. And it's like, in our minds, we understand Nixon got, was blah, 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 impeachment, Watergate happened, and there were some tapes. And then you watch these full-on two-hour documentaries about it, and you're like, holy shit. Like, I actually feel like I'm in it. 
And I think that that's if you have documentaries like that, please send them my way because I I just feel like most of us and I want to share them with everyone because we don't ah, we don't learn the way we used to learn. And I don't even know if the way we used to learn was effective. Like, let's be honest. Like we are visual. We are auditory. We want to hear. We want to see and we want to feel and education isn't any of those things. Maybe they're trying, but just by putting someone on, on an iPad isn't by isn't making something more visual, right? Like, that's what I get so frustrated. I'm like, fuck, we, we got to change this shit. Mm-hmm. I think the dichotomy of everything is a change in, which is actually great for me because that's what I've always done, right? Like, I make stuff where you get the visual and the auditory things, yes. and they actually just make sense right away, right? Right like, away, I actually, the t- yes, because, the t- and you're the one who taught me this, because it was like, you can say anything that you want, but until people see it, nothing matters. And that's the same with like prototypes. I, I have an idea. I want to put this idea into action. Well, no one's going to take you seriously unless you have a prototype. That's visual. And when you look at when I even gave that presentation before we came over to film this podcast, I have a presentation of like this evolution of how my jobs evolved in the storyline of my companies because if I don't then it's just a bunch of lines on paper and people are like you do what yeah like, it can be super hard to like give your experience like what you're trying to do like you're out and you so many companies and so much whatever like trying to explain it to someone who which probably rarely doesn't get everything without having visuals and whatever and whatever, that could be photos and a bunch of lines written, which is great, and it works. But 2019, you basically have a 30-second to a 90-second video that explains everything. Maybe mm. that's the reason I can finally now make a living in this world. And, like, <laughs> I didn't be even really know, successful. like, six times what I thought was possible. Mm. But also still, one-sixth of what I think is going to happen. Ah, oh, one-twentieth. Right? Your, your way of thinking has really helped me. One twentieth. You really have a skill set that you see things, you direct things, you you make people feel very comfortable on camera. If you are out there and you're listening and you're like, I don't know how to get more people in my door or I don't know how to. It is 100% making a 30 second. Now, if it's too long, you're fucked. But it's just a long enough video that explains the essence of your intention. And I think it always goes back to intention. Like, what is my intention? Is it just to make more money or whatever? But, like, that's what video does. It shows the soul of things. And in a world that is getting our soul sucked out of us, that is the most powerful, I don't even want to say marketing campaign. It's Because it's it, marketing means soul-sucking and superficial. But it is a very powerful tool that you have to share who you are. So I saw something. <laughs> this is in the Bloomberg uh, magazine <laughs> this week. <laughs> it's literally this guy that's gotten hired by Trump to take out drones from the sky. Oh man, have you seen this? I have not, but I can imagine okay, a few scenarios. So this is a drone predator. It is mm. literally made. It is terrifying when you think about it. But say there's a drone in the sky, which I understand could be a really bad thing for many places. We're talking about highly confidential, top secret. Yeah, let's drive fear into the minds of our citizens. Right. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. 
It's true, though. So we have this drone. So this guy takes his drone predator, and he zooms it up to be three feet under the current drone, the Uh drone in the sky. And he literally pushes a button that says, attack. And it attacks. It goes 20 miles per hour straight up. It just instantly goes boom and explodes the drone in, in front of it. And if it doesn't work the first time, it will keep going until it makes contact. And it he didn't have to he doesn't have to keep saying attack, attack, attack. It literally just is one button attack and it will take the drone out of the sky. And if it doesn't take it out of the sky, it'll work until it takes it out of the sky. This guy's twenty seven. He got hired by like a he got like a million dollar deal to make this happen for um our government. Which, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm not neither here nor there. I mean, I get it. It probably needs to exist. I think we're always on the same page with that <laughs> stuff. Like, put it this way. If UPS can deliver packages with your drone, this also better be available. That's right? a great I mean, point. We need, we need some solutions. I'm fine with it. I literally have done every single thing in my power to stick with the FAA regulations. I'm licensed. I have all the insurance. I get the night waivers. Everything you can possibly do, including every time I'm within five miles of an uh, airport, I get the permission. It's like almost yeah. like five times a week. We had to do it at Red Rocks too, right? Didn't we have to get it? Oh, yeah. Time? but mm-hmm. And I'll put them on blast. City of Denver government will not allow drones in any Denver park, period, right now. You can't get permission. Why? Because it's the same as a elevated volleyball like i i don't know i can't put my hand on it but you know what if people are gonna do the right thing like i have tried to do and you submit for the permission you tell them exactly what you're gonna do you follow the rules you have a license you have insurance yeah what's the problem really Mm. it's not like i'm like sitting there like shooting people with a bb gun which is also not the worst thing i could do compared to some things right (laughs) yeah that got a little weird (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Some tangents well, are better than know, others. <laughs> do you know my dad has a drone? No, but I would my love dad to just so shoot the shit with him cool. about it. He's so cool. He literally will research something for hours and find the perfect thing, and then he just explores it until he's an expert at it. It's so cool. That's actually sort of like like starting any new business, right? Mm-hmm. Like, If you don't have that first part of like, yeah. really wanting to get down in the weeds and like, understanding as much as you possibly can before you like I don't want to say potentially humiliate yourself in front of people but like to make certain that's not possible so you can start approaching people who know more than you do because that's really any company right yeah you're gonna do that you're gonna have your own opinion and then you're gonna be like this is what I'm gonna do and you know what these are the people I'm gonna talk to because of this you find that out on your own and that's sort of starting a company isn't it it is I, I always said like I really think my dad was like 10 i don't know maybe 20 years too early for the entrepreneurial role but he would have crushed it he's totally an enneagram seven like it's just so funny Uh, we're very similar and so different but so similar feel free to describe what you just said to me okay do you know what an enneagram is no i wish i did like i feel stupid right now no don't because i talked i've talked about it like 20 times Oh, on the sorry. podcast. <laughs> sorry. All right. I, I'm sorry. I couldn't no. listen to 114 podcasts. I know. I will, well, though. I no, will. No, don't. Just don't test me. Honestly, let me read. Let me sum up my personality test all in one. Thank you. The first personality test. 
I sent a newsletter on this, which, by the way, if you're listening, like the best way to support me is to open my newsletters. And it's not even like, so I get the gratification of opens. It's like, you will be plugged into what's happening in my life. And everyone is confused because algorithms have changed everything. And you're never going to get the information that you really want based on your likes and your ads and your spends and where you're putting your money. Google and Instagram and Facebook control way too much. But you know what they don't control? They don't control my email. And you, by opening up my email, are saying that, fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> For real, though. That it's makes like so much sense. It does. It really does. It's like the simplest thing. And I know emails are, they get overloading and whatever. But if you want to support me, I don't even care about leaving a review on this podcast. I just want you to open up my email. Because shit is about to change. And it's already changing. And it's changing fast. And I get so frustrated because it's like, you can't get what you want to get out there in the typical means. The only way to do it is through my newsletter. That's it. So just open it, entertain me, whatever. But I did the personality test uh, email, and it was my five, top five personality tests. Number one, <laughs> spirit animals. I think I did this one, by the way. You did open it? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I mean, you. no, I open all of them. Some <laughs> of them are like a gift. No, just kidding. To say some of them are a gift open, but of course that's not true. You can see which who opens what. I know better. No, no, I don't look. I would never look. Number one, someone's looking. <laughs> spirit animals. Oh, there is there is no official test, nor should there be, because you gotta that shit's gotta find you, and you gotta find it. Open up the newsletter for more. Number two, enneagram. Enneagram is a type 1 through type 9 personality test. You are either type 1 or you're type 9 or 2 or 3 or 4 in between. And you either are a wing of the number to your right or your left. So, for example, I'm a 7 wing 8, although I'm very much tied uh, 7 and 8. So they're very similar. And then the third personality test is um, human design which is really trippy and really weird. And I had a personality test um, expert a couple episodes ago. So go listen to that. And it's like you basically can see nine centers where they're defined, which is closed, or open, which is receptive to other people and also easy for you to get drained because, like, say that I have a, um, say that I have a head area that's open. So, like, my crown chakra frontal lobe frontal lobe <laughs> but more like your who you are i think she calls it your majna ajna is open i'm going to be more likely to doubt myself because i'm taking really? in other people's information and assimilating it as my own so your work is to say like how do i define my own self in my own world before I take on other people because I'm overthinking, overthinking, overthinking. It's so hard to do. It's so hard to do, but so important. It is, especially if you're going to really be a leader. Mm -hmm. Like, how much could you possibly? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, the don't overthink it challenge that I have is probably the most profound because it's literally telling people, like, you have to understand that the reason you're in this situation is because you're looking for too many answers. And that's hard because you're looking for answers. You're looking for help. But, like, for me, I can't read many more books. Like, I, I can't. Self-help books only put more things in my head where I'm like, I have to 
do what I want to do. And there's a point where you have to know that it's helpful. And then there's a point where you're like, if I don't have these, I'm not good enough. I can't believe how mind blowing that just that last section is because I didn't really understand the point of the whole overthink it thing until you sort of just summed it up for me. And the weird thing is like, as that was coming out at the same time, I like had my own finally awakening of like, Hey, you don't have to eat every shitty thing presented to you. And you know what, Emily, maybe that's a large part of it. Like you're always throughout your life going to be presented with shitty things to eat. And if you have a nice way to tell people that you're not going to eat it, like that's probably going to help you out in your life. Like, oh my God, I didn't even realize so... I was, I've always been so sympathetic to everyone or empathetic. I'm like, of course I'll try everything you put in my, it's like, what if that person spiked it with freaking heroin or whatever? And like, I'm just eating it. So that's the extreme, but think of that way with your sugary, uh. crappy food that these people are offering you also. I love where you just took that because it is true. A lot of times when you think of food as a love language, which for many of us it is. Oh, it is. Right? You have to understand if you're an empath or a highly sensitive person, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are because I'm the most empath and the most highly sensitive person. I am hyper sensitive. Um, I think that that's just so powerful to know. It's like, yeah, I am saying yes to these things and I am more drawn to these things because I just want to make other people feel good. And so what's your polite way of saying no to it? No, you're just, I'm sorry. So true. Well, what, I, what would you say if I was like, here's my, can you please try my chocolate chip cookie? I made it from my heart. I literally had this experience at the Broncos game, last home game. What with, happened? There's like three rows behind us and it was the most strict I've ever been on like my own diet, whatever, but it is deri a derivative of your stuff. Like I'm eating the things I've heard you say I can and can't. <laughs> and so that's literally like my diet. Like This is amazing, Blake. Oh, I swear to God. Though, I'm like, so it's literally proud. It, it finally stuck. Like I've heard it enough times. But the lady who we've were we have very good ties and you know, season I've had tickets. Broncos season tickets for 10 years. I've missed zero games in the last four years, three games in the last decade, home games, that is. Wow. And they were like, hey, we made these amazing deep dish cookie things, blah, blah, blah. And like the way they presented them to us was like, if I do not eat this, I'm going to have to jump off of the damn stadium. And I don't want to do that, so yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna eat. This is literally my first cheat in a month. It was like, and it was it was delicious, oh, but it was I'm also so like my okay. life would have been fine without it. But also like, I just had to do it. And I it's okay to. to do it. It's so okay to do it. That allows you to like be like, that's in my head. I did it. I don't have guilt. And I talk about this actually in my challenge. Just mm -hmm. the facts. It's like the guilt actually makes you overeat. Which is why we get in this cycle. I don't know if you knew that, but the psychology, I can't wait to send this email, but it's coming up soon for my Just the Factors. It is so cool. It's like this incredible thing where you're like, oh my God, I feel guilty about doing this, but then guilt actually makes me overeat. So I have to be like, I am doing this. I'm conscious of doing this. I am okay with doing this. I am going to be less likely to do it later this week. That's so freaking helpful to like someone who I'm a weak person. Like, no, you're not. And you're right. Okay. You're not. I, 
You, right. you, you know what? You I'm just very lost 20 pounds. Self uh, deprecating. But it's uh, where was I going? About Sorry. how you need to receive compliments and not be so hard on yourself. Oh, yeah. That is very. That's very difficult to do. Like, I don't know. It's difficult for all of us, but I do think. Thanks for saving me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I think that it's really just about knowing, you know, when you think of it, you would never talk. It, it, this is so overplayed, but like think of the world that Bodhi's living in, right? Your three-year-old. Or like for me, when I think about the world my mom lived in, where it was like, diet culture and low fat and like it's like well what the what is the overarching theme despite the fads despite the society despite the patriarchy like despite anything the overarching theme is that none of us intuitively know how to pick ourselves up we don't know how to be our other half and we don't know how to create our own joy and that kind of just simply comes down to i don't know how to be really proud of who I am. I don't know how to acknowledge that what I am is enough. And I think that's just, that's the work. Like that's the work that you have to do because if not, you're going to just be in this cycle and this up and the down. And it's like, fuck, you just got to understand that you as you are incredibly beneficial to this world. Literally, sometimes I do not know that for months at a time until you tell me, which is weird, but mm. I just, I, I have to tell you while we're here, like, I think that that is so very, not only realistic, but like, I spend a, so much of my life, like making sure like every single other person in my life is like doing well sometimes, which it's rare. It really is. But I completely forget about myself and that's when I start imploding and that's mm. when I'm not like putting all those other things out there that make the other people feel good about themselves. And then of course they're not going to be reciprocating it. And it's like, those are those times when life seems so heavy, heavy and such a drag, but it's like, I really am in control of that. Mm. But also is there a certain amount you or I, <gasps> needs to like get back in return in order to because we, we all right I, this is what i'll say you are someone like i we can put out more than we need to get back but we probably do need to get back some in order to keep that output right oh i literally sent a voice i love voice memos as you know yeah. i hate them oh, as you know you keep do? going it's I okay it. it's okay i send you voice memos all the time <laughs> oh shit I've tried politely to tell you I don't because they just they go away and then it's gone. They go away. Oh, I don't well, like it. I don't think you've ever I, told I need, me. I need permanent things. Okay, I will never send like a voice memo again unless oh, I'm driving. It's on record now. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, no, no. Feel free. Just, Everything's got. Like, don't I've be an literally empath. pulled over and like written down. We're what you literally were literally talking about give and receive. I love it. This, is, this is literally what we need to talk about. If yes. that doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yes. Receive that I'm receive I'm I'm understanding that doesn't work for you and I'll change it. <laughs> I, the, I love it. <laughs> the voice memo fuck oh, I was just voice memoing about this because I was like, I gave everything I had in September. I know you did. And I I, saw I it. I don't th I don't want to ever do that again, and it's hard for me because I don't know. Oh, this is really honest and real, but like, it's not. 
I also get back from giving. Of course. And so it's so tough because it's like, how do you know that you need to say like, I need to cancel this. I don't need to do this. Or you're just like, fuck, I'm going to show up and I'm going to leave more energized. There's, there's no way to truly know. And then when you do it, that's when you're like, yeah, okay, now I know. And it's a learning experience, learning experience, blah, blah, blah. But I just, fuck, that is so hard for me because I don't know how I get filled back up very well. And I feel the same way. And a lot of the times, like, just doing what I do, like, people feel like they have to be on, right? Like, Mm -hmm. this is their, like, everyone's going to see them when they're getting videoed, right? Or getting photo. So every single person wants to be on top of their game, whether it's you or me or literally anybody Mm -hmm. and so i i mean maybe 40 percent of the time there's some kind of not redo but like reschedule or something or someone's not feeling right or they have vertigo vertigo or a uh, kidney stone just a bad day exaggerated yeah but a million things like a million things happen like even even just now when we're gonna do our thing like a million things kind of happened and we're just we were <laughs> we both kind of like, actually, we should just make it happen. Like, there was it's some recording true. problems, there's some different things, and even I was like, oh man, like is I'm so nervous. Sign? Like, is this okay? Like, am I gonna be all right? And blah blah blah. Maybe we should just do it tomorrow or Friday. Is this? And then a we sign? start doing. It. It's like you know what? This just doing best. shit is the <laughs> best, and just doing shit's the only way to just do. Shit. Shit. Like, literally. (laughs) You can't get anything done unless you just do it. It's so true. And I don't want to give a huge shout-out to Nike, but just do it. Motion is so important. It's so important. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I got to fucking get this book out. We're waiting for a sales page because the website was so... I told you all about it, but it was like, I'm not going to launch this book with energetic ties. I'm just not. I'm so too woo-woo for (laughs) this book to go out there on pre-order without having the ability to be like it, it can't be rushed it can't be forced it, like the book isn't what we're waiting on it's actually the fucking page to sell the book like i'm not gonna be like hurry up and get the shit out there it's like it, there's clearly a reason so i'm just such a believer in like you need to do as much as you can but you also have to if you stop fucking forcing shit it'll happen it mm-hmm. will happen in its own time. Well, think about how many individual tasks there are for every business. And then if you try to run more than one of them, Ooh. and let alone that, like, yeah. whatever, half a dozen. Best wishes to ya. <laughs> but also, like, I've literally never had one single doubt about one single thing about what you do. Even if I can look in your eyes and we're about to film and I know like you're over it and whatever, or <laughs> you're not feeling it that day. I know the combination of us probably 60% of the time, we both aren't fucking feeling it. <laughs> Part of my language. We can hopefully bleep that out, but there is not one other person in my life or period that I know we can just pull our shit together at any given time and give the hundred percent maximum output in order to make other people feel their best because usually they don't. And we actually, we might harp on what we don't always, but you know what we actually do. Uh, And you know that. Yeah, I do know that. 
And I think that I appreciate that reminder because it's interesting because I've always, I didn't notice this until Wade called me out on it, but I was like in my lowest days of training. It happened with being one-on-ones, personal training. It was like, I don't give a shit how I feel. What matters is this person right here, right now, one person. And I just think when you have that respect towards your job, and I think it goes back to like even the trip to Japan that I just went on this, like I have this awareness that my job means something and it is important, whether it's picking up fucking trash or whether it's telling somebody what they should eat when you handle things with such pride. And that starts with inside. Like I am proud of what I'm doing and I'm going to show that to the world by the way that I carry myself. And I'm not, I'm not going to walk in this world bitching and moaning and complaining and womp, 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 womp. We have way too many Eeyores in this world and we need a little bit more rue. It's just, it's just so important for us to get into that part where we're like, I don't care if I don't completely love this, but it is important for me to show up and me to give my thousand percent. Cause if I do that, the universe will see me and I also will be fulfilled from it. I might be depleted when I start, but I'll be fulfilled when I leave. And that is all that matters. I got all the chills because <laughs> I'm sitting here rocking back and forth in my chair, just agreeing. <laughs> and it's so true. Like your attitude towards anything you're about to do, mm. anything in life, literally your life comes down to your attitude about it. And mm-hmm. if you know you're going to rock it, then guess what? That's exactly what's about to happen. Yeah. So why don't we all just take off? <laughs> yeah, I got a little too deep, didn't it? It's no, all right. No, you didn't. Oh, wait, this okay. might be the longest podcast no, in no, the no. history of podcasts. Fuck, but... Okay, I'm going to read Eagle really fast before we part ways, and then I got to film this intro. Okay, so if you were an eagle, so everyone listening, you're very spiritually, you are a very spiritually evolved individual and a born leader. People gravitate quite naturally to you. You're willing to endure challenges and struggles because you're confident that you can meet them and you trust that they're necessary for your spiritual development. Even though you're an old soul, you must still go through various initiations throughout your life that will ultimately lead you to living a complete spiritual directed life. You're passionate and you have a bit of a temper that you have to watch. One of your main lessons is learning to conserve your energy and apply your focus to what's truly important. You take advantage of opportunities without hesitation and with a strong faith that there will be lessons or gifts that you'll discover in doing so. Pay attention to the sensations in your backbone as an instinctual trigger to be more alert to what's going on around you. Are you still an eagle? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I actually feel like I'm going to like literally fly out of this room. (laughs) There's going to be like a hole the size of an eight-foot wingspan bald eagle and i'm gonna admit to the sky and come down to the earth and be like hey everybody what is up i am here for you you actually are here for me and it doesn't matter i don't ask for anything in return i'm gonna be here for you to help you you're gonna help me you don't even know it and i freaking love you i really really do Yes. That's it. I'm I'm dead serious too. Oh my god, I just had like a Dumbledore Dumbledore Harry Potter moment of like when he is about to get taken to Azkaban and he like takes the the Phoenix comes over and the Phoenix and he puts his hands over his head and he goes, Boom, and he just goes, Fuck yes. 
Blake, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing I, this podcast. I could never thank you enough for everything you've done for me, uh, for making literally thousands of your videos to just being your friend to all the people you've introduced me to. And now I make their videos. It like <laughs> I literally don't have a way to thank you. But uh, well, it's really mutual. from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Uh, I received that. Thank you, Blake. This has been so wonderful. Everyone go follow Blake, um, gorilla underscore capturing on Instagram. And I love your logo. So they all need to go see your logo. It's the coolest logo I've ever seen. Uh, All right. And we're out.